Welcome back, everyone, to the Sit Down Community Podcast. This is your host and facilitator, Stephanie Shaw. I am so excited that you guys are here with us today. I have a very dear friend of mine um, here to talk about just what it looks like and um, what it looks like to be anointed by God as a creator, um, but also how to live that out and become really confident in it. So without further ado, I'm going to let her introduce herself and we will get the ball rolling. Go girl. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really passionate about what you've put together. I think it's going to benefit a lot of people and it's certainly helping me. Um, my name is Maya Robinson. I consider myself a part-time creative, meaning I've got a day job, but I also have this, this fire in me, this passion that I have. I feel called upon to share my gifts with the world through writing filmmaking and content creation. Uh, so that's who I am. I don't know how detailed you want to get. I'm 28. Oh, that is great. Why don't you tell people <laughs> where you uh, utilize all that creative force and power? Yes. What's, so, your, what's your outlet or outlets? Yeah, my day job, I work in technology. My outlets or my passion, what I feel is my purpose is in creating and writing. Uh, so I consider myself a writer. My dad has written a Christian musical before, so I grew up going to auditions and, you know, being on stage. And I think that I'm coming into a season in my life where I feel called to do some of the same things that's kind of in my bloodline to do, um, but mostly focused on writing, filmmaking, editing. Those are my specialties for right now. Yes, she is so good at all these things. Well, thank you for being here with us today. Um, let's just start off kind of, um, even from the jump of when you were younger, did you know, um, that you just had these creative visions and passions, uh, from a young age or did they develop over time? Give us kind of a rundown and, and almost really a testimony of what God's done to cultivate who you are now. Oh, yes. Well, it surely is a testimony. Um, great question. I, I, at a very young age can remember myself writing a lot. And then I think, you know, as young adults, you kind of go through puberty and you start to do what you think will get you accepted or what's cool or what will make you the most money. You know, your priorities aren't necessarily on the thing that you love. So, you know, very young elementary school, I was writing stories just for fun. And then in high school, I started to like feel pressured to think about, well, what are you going to do with your life? You know, God bless the kids that know they want to be a doctor, know they want to be a model, right. you know, when they're five years old and they spend the rest of their young adulthood just pursuing that. And, you know, even that can be challenging. But for me, it's been a lot. I feel in reflecting on it a lot, it's been me kind of running from those gifts. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I am in a role in technology, you know, a lot of people will think that it's that's super far away from doing anything creative or writing and it is and I kind of felt challenged to do something new and that was new for me at the time but when God really has something planned for your life it always just comes back around I can remember in college majoring in communications wanting to go into public relations and advertising and, and things like that and mm -hmm. ended up not being able to major in that didn't get the grades to continue in communications and I settled settled at the time to major in English which required me to write 
most of my college career. So mm-hmm. just goes to show as I think about it now, as I kind of feel like I'm stepping back into writing and everything as an adult now coming from a whole different place, I reflect on that and I realize like, man, this this has kind of been following me my whole life. It pops up, you know, me as a child and my parents and what they did as adults. So it's always been around me. I think I just haven't always been conscious of it. Um, but now I'm here and I feel very much kind of settled in my own skin. So it feels good. Yes. Amen. So you mentioned that you felt like you were settling, kind of running away from what you knew what God was trying to do. So explain that process and, and how you feel like you've communicated with God through it. Oh man. So let me start by saying, you know, this Stephanie, we've talked about this, but God is one of the best listeners Mm -hmm. And he's so patient. I can say that, you know, yes, I was, I was running away. I was trying to do everything away from what I, I, you know, I'm gifted in, I'll say. Mm -hmm. And I felt that at a certain point, like three or five years into my career, my technology career, I just was losing passion for it. I was missing something. I didn't feel like I was adding anything back. To the world and I feel that you know as Christians I, I we have a responsibility to do that to use our gifts to make the world better so right. these conversations with God would kind of I hate to say it start with me complaining about my current situation like mm. man I worked this hard to get to this place and now God you want me to pivot and do something mm. completely different that I yeah. don't really have any experience in very uncomfortable, extremely nervous, but what God was reminding me in in talking with him, and it's multiple conversations. I'm hard-headed, you know this. (laughs) But I know a lot of people can relate as well to like, God will tell you something three different times, three different ways, and like, sometimes you still don't have it. And I think that what really turned the corner for me is when God just revealed to me that the impact that I, that could happen if I didn't pursue it, if I didn't Mm. do it. You know, I think that when God gives you an idea or a passion, it really is your responsibility to execute on it. It doesn't matter who's going to see it or the fact that you don't like it. You know, if if he's giving it to you, I feel passionately that I should be doing it. Um, So I think for me, that's really, when God reminded me, like, look how many people it could impact, the potential Mm. impact is important, and sometimes it's not really about you, you know, and how good you think your own (laughs) stuff is, you know, as a creator, you're always worried about, like, sharing your ideas, it feels weird, because you never know how it's going to be received, or if it's going to be seen at all, but I have stood by this creating for my creator's sake, Mm statement because once you dwindle it all the way down to like bare bones like who's going to care the most that you do this it really is God is the person that is always with you around you that's always pushing you that's always patient with you like he wants you to do it and that should be enough you know for you to continue on into whatever you're trying to do creatively Hmm. That's so good. I was reading in a book today, uh, my head pastor of Jesus Culture, he wrote a book on Rooted and he was talking about the three different soils being intimacy, community, and serving. Mm. And just the idea of serving takes us out of it. 
are we doing things to get attention, to get accolades, to get awards, to get, you know, whatever it might be, are we doing it for that purpose? Or are we doing it because at the end of the day, it matters to God and it Mm -hmm. is about God and it's about giving him glory, honor, and praise. And so really looking at when we're serving others through our giftings, like writing and film and all the things you do, what does it look like to understand how what we are creating is a service to others and serving or encouraging other people? What does that look like? Oh man, getting out of your own way, I think. I think that, and I'm guilty of it. I'm still working on this. God is still trying to nudge me on this, but (laughs) I'm in the place now where it's like, okay, I've decided like, this is what I want to do. I know now the importance of my gifts and the impact it can have on others. Got it. Then you start to do the things, you start to do whatever it is creatively. And you realize, at least for myself, you get obsessive over it because now you've decided that you're not doing it for yourself you're not doing it for accolades but you are doing it for for God and for me that puts another level of pressure on me to really do my best but sometimes doing your best is just doing and trusting that God wouldn't put you here on accident that you know he had already planned for the stuff that was going to go wrong that you didn't even think was going to happen like That's all a part of the process. And I think that getting out of your own way means that what you've created, you already have to know that it's good enough. You know what I mean? Because it's it's God given. It is your gifts and it's your right to to share it. So I think that uh, once you make the decision that, okay, I'm doing this for God, nobody else. I don't care who sees it, who doesn't. It takes some pressure off for like social you know if Stephanie doesn't like it I'm not gonna like pass out over it Mm -hmm. right but at the same time it should give you a different energy to go ahead and get your stuff out there I stay in a lane where I'm like okay I did it God you know I created it I'm doing it but I'm not showing anybody so you know Mm -hmm. I'm like on the last step where it's like you also have to share you know and Mm -hmm. then you know, if you're creative in kind of any aspect, photography, really anything, even this right now, this is iterative. So you have to know that, give yourself space to get better, you know, failure or a mishap or things not going as you planned it doesn't, is not a sign for you to stop what you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what it looks like when you are making stuff and content or whatever you're doing when you're creating and you're genuinely in your heart doing it to help others or doing it because like I you know God gave it to you yeah. then you've got to share it you can't be scared mm. to share it you can't be um judgmental to how people feel about it like your intentions for what you made you have to kind of stand on and I think that's really what it looks like when you're a creator you're being creative and you, you have to get to the point where it's of service to, to people. Right. That's so good. Do you feel like when you're creating, whether it be writing or filming, do you go into the project kind of knowing how you want it to impact people or what's your Mm -hmm. process to creating of like, you know what, this piece, I really wanted to speak to this group of women or this whole community. What does that look like? 
Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, I think that it varies by project. If you're a creative like me, your brain is always moving from project to project. You, you probably have mm -hmm. like five stories that you want to write. You don't know the ending, but you know the story, you know the beginning, you know the mm -hmm. message you want to tell. I think that when you call yourself a creative and you really are trying to stay connected to to God, you're gonna run into moments where you find yourself writing for entertainment versus writing for impact. You know, mm -hmm. I, I come across these crosswords all the, all the time where I'm like, well, this is what I see on TV today. So I should write like this. But mm -hmm. because this gift is God given, and I really am trying to consult with God on what I'm, right. you know, putting into the world, sometimes you do have to change your story to match the message that God mm -hmm. wants you to give to people. Because when you're really in service of people, you're not looking for the accolades. You're not looking for them to give you anything back. This is about you giving what you have. So I find that sometimes it is, especially uh, with writing and all the different content that's being created today, um, it can sometimes feel like, well, where do I where do I fit in if I want to make content that is either focused on God or is just focused on helping people, you know, get better at whatever state they are in life. Um, it is a, it's a balance because you're trying to make it entertaining. You want it to resemble shows that you like shows that are mm -hmm. popular, but there's always a message. I think that you start with, at least for me, it, it always comes as this like fleeting idea and then God starts to give you the pieces. And then <laughs> when you're rewriting it, you know, it's like, oh, now it's changed a little bit. The, the message yeah. has changed a little bit, but I think that as long as you try to stay connected, you know, if your intentions are to say, okay, like, God, what do you really want me to say with this piece? Um, he'll find a way to get you what you need. And then you'll feel confident, like, yes, this is, this is, this is my story. This is what I'm sticking with. This is what I've decided to put out yeah. to the world. Yeah, definitely. What do you feel like has been the hardest things to write about? What is, how, what have you been super challenged of? God, I hear you telling me to write about this, but I really don't want to. Yes. So for me, it's been, it's very difficult for me. And I call myself a softie because I don't watch scary movies, anything with too much adrenaline. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Ooh. So for me, it's difficult to write about pain. Mm -hmm. Pain is such a huge part of our human reality, whether it's emotionally yeah. or physically, but emotional pain is tough for me, especially if I feel personally connected to the story. Mm. Um, for me, I have had experiences with sexual assault. I kind of dealt with it in college. I, you know, joined a club in college of, you know, a support system for it. So it's very close mm -hmm. to my, my heart, this, this whole situation that's going on that, you know, the uptick yeah in it, the fact that, you know, victims don't feel comfortable or confident talking about what happened to them. I find it right. completely fascinating. And I am, I am one of them. It was difficult for me to express what 
I had experienced and I'm very good at expressing myself. So it was, it was a shocker. Mm -hmm. And I've been feeling called to write that story, not specifically my situation, but to kind of show light on this issue that I think needs more visibility that I think Mm -hmm. is mostly focused on what happened versus now that it happened, how do I heal? We, you know, hear about it in the news and then you never really follow up with, you know, the victims, the person it happened to. And for me, that healing was, it took time, you know, it took time. It took a lot of quiet time with God. And I think that if I can find a way to put that in a story, it's going to touch a lot of people who have been through that, who know someone who's been through that, and hopefully give visibility to the issue so that it can just stop happening. Um, So that's one of those things where, because it's so close, and sometimes when things are so close to your own reality, it's very, very tough. Uh, So that for that's, that's mine for sure. God has been like, but look what it can do. Like, look at the yeah. good it could do. I know it's hard on you, but purpose is not always easy. Right. You know, it's not always easy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's what you're called to do. It's probably what you're made to do, but it doesn't mean that every day with you living your purpose is going to be easy. So for me, stuff with pain, personal stuff to me that that is the most challenging to write Mm. well it's so transparent too and thank you for sharing that it's just this idea of like as you were talking I just had these words like freedom and bravery and content and and courage because it takes a lot of willpower and a lot of God to be able to contend for the things that are hard I think of the definition like of uh, patience and it talks in other translations of the Bible, it says long suffering. And then I think of Job and I think of just the testimony and miracle he is to in the things he endured to still find God to be his one thing. It's like, how do we allow ourselves that same level of faith? How do we contend for these things? How do we allow our lived experience to not show our own strength and power, but the power of God in us. If he is literally the grand surgeon, he is the one with the right hands. He's the one with the right tools. He's the one with the sutures who are going to sew us up. He's the one with the, all the cleaning and medical tools. I don't have a name for because he's the one who can take a festering and infected wound and he can heal it and see it into something beautiful. (sighs) And I just like, fun fact, y'all, Maya and I met through a mutual friend and we haven't actually met in person yet, but she is seriously like one of my ride or die friends. She is my sister in Christ. And, and it's so awesome. Like y'all don't get to see her face right now in recording, but it's so great to see. And it warms my heart to see friends who just have the joy of the Lord as their strength. It's written on their face. It's evident in the rooms that they're in and that just getting to see people kind of trek through the pain of what they've gone through, but also 
be able to be encouraged that God's not done yet. The good work isn't done. Like it's so good. And just seeing even your process of getting to a point of, um, you know, creating more films, writing more, all those things are so good. So I just like pray that over you constantly. It's just the contending for courage and bravery and, and freedom and that your story, I mean, it's so powerful to me and we're only like 20 minutes in. Hello, won't we do it? (laughs) Uh, but I just love that uh, and I love that for you and I love that I am incredibly confident that what you're doing now is going to be seen by others and also oh. deeply impactful so thank you so. Um, so good but in light of that and what you just shared with us I'm sure in fact I'm confident other people experience the same thing mm-hmm. is there any fear of because culture is so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, um, do you see how other creatives in your circle or that you've just followed, have they, you know, maybe this is an assumption or maybe something they've shared. Do you find that other people have a hard time filming, writing, painting, creating things out of those spaces of pain? Yeah, uh, great question. I think that, yes, I think it's kind of human nature to shy away from moments where you're not super proud of yourself or moments where you were really down. It's when Mm. that pain transitions to a testimony is when Mm. it can be usable, you know, to you as a creative and it could be of service to others. Prior to that, until you get to a place with God where you realize that that situation was so hard, but it has, it's now my, one of my biggest testimonies of all the things God has done, that healing is so, mm. was so special to me. It grew yeah. us in our relationship so much. Once you change your perspective of that pain and it really becomes a testimony, I think mm. it gets easier to do. But it is in your nature, I think, everyone to not just not want to deal with it, you know, mm-hmm. not want to. Why, why do I have to deal with that? At the time, I thought I was past that. So sometimes we shut the door and we are healed. But to open that door back up can be painful. And I think that in order to do that, you know, tangibly, you have to try to find a routine for your life that gets you feeling the best that you can. So whatever that means, if it's working out, if it's talking like this, having a friend that you can just talk to, uh, that type of session, whatever that is, you have to incorporate that into your routine so that even though this is tough and hard, at the same time, you have so much more life around you, so much more support and love. And Mm. it's, it's, best to keep those balanced so if you're dealing with something really heavy and you know that you just need you feel called to tell that story you've got to balance it out while you're not writing with so much love and as much support as you can get yeah absolutely what do you feel like the process looks like whether it be stories that come from pain or frustration or anger or even the good things of joy and celebration What is the process of going from that space of whatever emotion or feeling is evoked during a season into manifesting into that testimony? What does it look like to 
share stories that are testimonies? Hmm. Honestly, I have not gotten there yet. You know, I'm still in a place where I'm at, I'm comfortable saying it out loud and sharing and hoping that, you know, mm-hmm. it, people get it. Um, but creatively, I think that it's really about your habits and your execution. That project of pain is no different from happiness in the sense that it's got to have a beginning. It's got to have an end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to have, you know, what shots you want and how you want it told. It's got to have uh, a feeling. So your intentions, I think, are really important to kind of land on, whether, no matter what story you're writing on, what, what are my intentions for this? Sometimes some stories are just for me to entertain. I want people to laugh and find joy from it. Some of them, I really want you to receive a message. Um, mm-hmm. And I think either way, it's what is my intention of the film? I I am in film school now because I'm trying to learn what I don't know, right? So that I can manifest those, those ideas and get them fully to fruition in a way that, you know, I, I see them in my head. That's, mm, I think, the best yeah. feeling as a creative when you can get all the way to the end. But in right. between is the intentions that will probably or hopefully stay the same at the beginning and at the mm. end. So no matter what you decide to do with story or or whatever, or however long it takes you, that's okay. If your intent is to heal, if your intent is to teach, um, those things should come through in whatever you're creating. And I think, again, you once you get to a place where you have the means to do it, you have what you need to actually get what's in your head out into the world, mm-hmm. you should do it. Yeah. You know, you should, you should do it. And I think that becomes a hard part too when you're when you're a creative and you're trying to share something that's so close to you is that eventually you have to just kind of like kick yourself out the door kick yourself into it being out and it being a reality and it being tied to you creatively yeah. it's by Maya Robinson but it's it's not really about me mm-hmm. you know when you're a creative it's not well when you're a creative and you're trying to be connected to God and rooted in purpose. It's not about you, no offense, you know, but mm-hmm. you are yeah. just, you're a, you're a vessel. You know what I mean? God mm-hmm. is using you to make his world better. So yeah. he didn't intend for you to do it on your own. So I think the other thing outside of intentions is try your best to stay really connected to the Holy Spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. God wants you to do it. You want to do it, but your mind will play tricks on you and tell you, I don't want to do this. Your heart will not be quite healed yet. And you'll either give up on yourself or not really want to talk about whatever the topic is, whatever it is, or not feel good enough. It's a huge thing, you know, being creative. And I think for me, what has helped me is I've always felt that I've had, you know, that voice telling me like, it's good enough because I said so. You know, who's really going to check, check God, you know, about mm. what he gave you to do. Right. So, yes. Oh, so good. Um, can you share a little bit the difference? So when we look at the scripture, we see God is just the creator of humanity and existence and the world. Mm. And then we see Jesus as this teacher and he comes in these parables, similar to what you were just saying of, you know, he'll write a story. And then he'll explain the interpretation. 
Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, culture and being in schools and, and you're in film school now. How do you, um, how do you feel like you're learning from each source? Yeah. Oh, great. So how do you feel like you're learning about creation through God, through Jesus as teacher, and then through your schooling? Yes, this is like one of my favorite questions or one of my favorite things to talk about because I feel like I can create a wonderful story. Like my imagination can can in my mind create a whole nother world, an alternative reality, like a whole character with a life, Mm -hmm. you know, with other characters in their lives. And it always puts me in a state of awe when I think about the fact that God has created everything and not just in addition to physically creating everything, but he is the creator of our lives. He is Mm -hmm. the best storyteller I know. Like nobody can, can outdo him there because he has written my story. He's written your story. And I've seen just from my own life and how it's played out, how much care he takes in your every day, you know, things that Mm -hmm. we go throughout our days and we don't even think about all the things that are happening. Sometimes I was in a space three years ago where I wasn't even conscious of God in my Mm -hmm. daily life. You know what I mean? He was reserved for Sundays and yeah, you know, but when you add him into your daily life and you see Mm -hmm. that like, you know, when these coincidences happens and everything is planned, but things are not going to your plan, but they're still going as they should, everything's still working out, you realize yeah. like, dang, like he, he wrote this for me. You know, he has such this plan for my life. And what I try to do is make my characters as interesting as my life has been, as interesting <laughs> as his yeah. life has been because, uh, human beings and these are most of the characters that are in every movie are Mm -hmm. so complex and so simple at the same time and through people God has created so much to work with so Mm -hmm. I really just try to make sure my characters are always relatable they have to be rooted in some human element because I think that's when I can get the closest to and I can't but that's when I can try to get the closest to what God has created which is our just which is our reality yeah and for film school (laughs) y'all film school is no joke um Uh it's so good because I've learned so much I didn't know but um I think I'm learning the how, you know, Mm. from God, I learn what, you know, I try to stay rooted in what I want to tell because of my testimonies, because of my relationship with him and film Mm. school just gives you the means to do that. You know, they're, they're, you're learning about the cameras, you're learning about um, a shot list, you know, a list of what you want to shoot, the the production you're learning about post-production and Mm -hmm. you know you're there are all these tangible things um but I'm learning now which in it before I was in a place where I was like I have this idea but I don't know how to get it out I'm learning how to do that they're giving me the tangible means to to do that but they're not really changing 
the stories that I want to tell, if that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. that's like a collab. That's me and God. And then they give me the means to do it, which has been extremely yeah. helpful. That's awesome. How do you feel like in, I mean, every every field is saturated to some capacity. How do you feel like you are able to um, just be really secure and confident in the giftings God has given you and that he really has fashioned your heart individually and your creativity individually how do you feel like that has allowed you to be effective within what you're doing and how is it challenging how is it hard and well everyone's creative and everyone is gifted and but really not really not everyone is divinely gifted not everyone seeks God which is arguably the one who gives us the greatest you know conviction to do the things that honor him so yeah. I mean, when I look at, at, at your talent and, and your writing, it's just, I mean, it's from God, which means it's different. So how do you navigate that being in a Christian, being Christian? And I don't even know if the statistics are clear, but is it a predominantly uh, non-religious and, and non-churched kind of group? I'd be making an assumption, but probably not, <laughs> you know, given um... it's such a mix, right? Yeah, it's such a it's such a mix. And what I've learned, like, you know, from film school is that there's so many sub genres. We only hear Mm -hmm. about like the big movies that hit the theaters. We may hear about some films that have hit some film festivals, but there's so many filmmakers across the world making content. So, Mm -hmm. yes, it's super saturated Um, and it's a daily struggle to especially for me, someone who, you know, five years ago, I didn't even think I would be wanting to do anything like this. I mean, something like Mm -hmm. this sounds crazy. Like you couldn't have paid me to tell me that I was going to be pursuing this now. Um, Because you start to feel like, you know, the, 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 the common, I'm not good enough. What makes me special or good enough? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for me to be honest if I didn't feel like I was called to do this, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Like I felt that this really came once I started seeking out God, you know, mm-hmm. I had seeked out that relationship first. And then I felt like I got communicated to what I could do, what the things that I should do that are rooted in my gifts. Um, but it is a struggle. I think it's it's challenging because it's, you know, this space, this creative space. I mean, who who is the judge, really? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's saturated, but there's really, no one can tell you how to use your gifts, basically. Right. So it's it's hard sometimes to remember that when you look out and see that everyone is doing what you're trying to do. But I think that what I hold on to, what keeps me going is that I just, I mean, I just trust in God. It's just uh, another level of faith. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that he had to show me, show up in my life, whether it was through healing or requiring me to change things about myself that I had no intention of changing, you know, Mm -hmm. things, you know, I saw changes in myself and they became my personal testimonies. So Mm -hmm. anytime I feel like I'm doubting myself 
why should I do this? Which is every single day, okay? Um, I just realized that like, well, you know, God got me here. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just keep rolling with it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep rolling with that. I have faith in him more than I have faith in myself. So I know for a fact, he will pull my coattails. He'll adjust me. He'll shift as long as I, my intent is to stay connected. I'll be fine is kind of like what I tell myself throughout the day when I'm creating and I, I tense up because I don't want to share it with my class or Mm -hmm. there's something in class that I'm not understanding. I'm like, you know what, why why am I even trying to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, why am I, why am I trying to do this? And God will remind me it's because I told you to. Yeah. And that for me, most of the time is enough. You know, it's like, all right, you know, whatever. And then, you know, not that it's a good habit to think of like the worst case scenario. Like, so let's say I did it and I find that I don't like it. I want to stop. That's the worst case. Then God, you know, shifts and does something else for me. But the the goal is living out that relationship, you know, more than like the tangible things that you create. So I think, Hmm. That's that's what I try to remember and remind myself of when I'm feeling doubtful. Um, but it is a struggle, daily struggle. Yeah, absolutely. What is it? How does it look to build community throughout the creative community? Is it hard? Mm. Is it easy? What does that look um, like? It's both. <laughs> it's both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. You know, I come from this technology world where everyone has the answer or like it's their job to have the answer. Everything is very logical and and planned. And what I'm finding in the creative space is everything is relationship based and who you are, you know, on the inside, you know, your belief Mm. system is ends up being who you connect with creatively. Um, I think it can be extremely intimidating. I'm a person who feels like I'm just dipping my toe into the creative pond. So it can feel like everyone already knows everybody and they already know who to work with and this and that. And where do I fit in? But what I find too is that these same creative people, uh, most of them are, um, they're so in tune with who they are. You know, they're so sure about, themselves and Mm. um most people you know there's 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 not so great people in every lane but I'd say from my experience most of the creative people that I've interacted with so far have been so passionate about whatever it is they're doing and it just like ignites my passion you know to see people doing and surviving you know being Mm. in a lane that you want to be in is is it's amazing and most of them are extremely friendly too and God's gonna give you the right people he's gonna send them your way and I think you just have to not be so scared I'm sometimes really timid oh my god they've done you know a movie before like a music video Mm -hmm. before like I don't I don't know how to talk to them it's like talk to them like a normal person you know (laughs) because you you are them too you know they are you and most creatives Mm -hmm. they respect your craft they really whatever your lane is they are like yeah you you do this cool and um I'm in Detroit and the creative community here is very much open, be yourself. And then just Mm -hmm. whatever you do, just do it all the time. And people will start to support you. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's so cool. I was thinking back to a few things you've said of, you know, just having that pivot of, but wait, Lord, like I'm in technology. How does this, like, how does being a creative fit into, yeah, you know, what I want to do and comfort and all these things. And as I've pivoted um, away from kind of the expected social worker and I'm, I'm moving mm-hmm. towards the health and wellness I remember I just maybe a month ago, I changed my resume and I took things out that wouldn't be applicable to a place. And I looked at my business mentor and I just looked at her and I said, I feel like this just makes me look incompetent. She said, well, you're starting from the ground up. Like a plant, a flower does not magically burst out of the earth. A flower, it grows as a seed. Yes, like right. you have to be humble in your oh. beginnings. Yes. And so, yeah, so I think that is so relatable in whatever profession we're into of, but I have all like these awards and experience and years in this field. Yeah. And it's like starting at the bottom. It's real. It's a real humility boost for sure. How do you feel like you stay encouraged in your own experience with that of just, stay pushed what are you know you said you had some practicals for our listeners what do those look like yes um specifically to that feeling like what am I doing is Mm -hmm. you've got to answer that question for yourself every day um so don't let it kind of linger like don't stay in a state of like oh what am I doing it may feel Mm -hmm. like that but like I think my tangible advice would be to have your support system uh, extremely small. I mean, be strategic and um, don't make a decision about that support system lightly. I definitely think it should include God. You know, Mm. he's probably gonna be the most supportive for you, especially when you're in a state of like, I really... I don't know what I would I'm like doing. to hide forever. From oh, this. yes. I, I never <laughs> want to do this again. No, thank you. Uh, yes. um, he's going to remind you why mm-hmm. he pushed you on the path that you're on right now. You know, yeah. he's going to whisper it to yeah. you gently and you're going to be like, there it is. I got it. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's easy to say like, yeah, you know, stay, stay connected to God. But I think that when you're talking about your purpose, something that, you know, wasn't necessarily planned, you didn't plan on it, but it's been given to you and you have accepted it. You are doing it. It's Mm. about being open to that, taking however much time God needs it to take and recognizing that he literally is not going to give you more than you can handle. So like, if you, let's say I make a film and I, my goal is that it sells 2 million, whatever film incremental, whatever, 2 million or whatever, Mm -hmm. 2 million views, whatever it is. Um, So now I'm devastated if I don't get that. But then Mm -hmm. I forgot the reason why I did it. The reason why I started on this path is to get out of my head, the things that I feel like God was giving me to do. So it really Mm. is more about the execution of it. Like how did Stephanie do on whatever she's trying to do? Like you rate yourself, not based on anybody else's opinion, but based on Mm. God gave me this 
it started as a seed? Did I nurture it? Did I do everything that I know to do to get it growing? I think yeah. it's the execution. It's like you changing your habits to try to get to that point. It's really you're about mm-hmm. your intentions. And I think that in regards to keeping your, your circle small, it really just means that, you know, we're in a, a space where social media wants to hear all your good news. Nobody shares you know, when they're struggling, they share when they've graduated from grad yeah. school, when they've launched the business and got the new job, like, mm-hmm. and I'm supported. I love those posts, you know, because people are working behind the scenes and then, you know, success is coming to them. What they want is coming yeah. to them. But I think that when you step into purpose, which may look different to you, how your life is today, mm-hmm. really only you and God need to know that plan in its yeah. entirety. Um I felt like I was in a place where I was doing more talking about what I wanted to do than doing. And God had to check me like, girl, I know you're not running your mouth about stuff. <laughs> yeah. You haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. And another thing that makes me think of is, you know, I'm in film school. We have to make three short films. My first short film you probably won't see it. Tell your viewers, don't ask because it's never coming out. Because <laughs> I was so never say never. I know. Say something. <laughs> I know. I was so disappointed in myself. I was just mm. like, oh my God, like I had so many ideas in my head, and this this is not how I want it to look. This is not up to my standards. I hate it. I don't even want to share it with my class. I was gonna like not show up to the class. And I God had to remind me, like. This is your first film, kind of how you said about this is a seed, like you can't go into this expecting just because it's your purpose that everything about this is going to come easy to you. The Mm. beauty is in the improvement, it's in the growth, you know? So now that I'm gearing up for my final film in Mm. the project, I have a whole new perspective. I want people to see it because I know the level of work that I'm putting in and I know where I started. So like I say, mm-hmm. everybody doesn't have to know, you know, you and God are the only ones that have to be locked in on what yeah. that vision is, but yeah. it's the progression. It's the improving that really mm-hmm. makes up the whole experience itself. You know, you got to step out there and do things and leave room. I think that's my other tangible tip is to, leave room give you cut yourself some slack give yourself some room to actually grow you know it's not that fun when you water a plant and 10 seconds later it pops up you know instant gratification it means more when you have to work um to do it and I think that God will adjust your perspective and you'll see that the work that you're doing all the work and the hard work that Mm -hmm. you're doing is really is wonderful you know, because it ends up being what you love, you know, so you end up falling in love with the process more than yeah. the prize at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Last thought, and then I wanted to share, since we're talking about seeds and pl- being planted and all that, I'm going to yes. share some scripture, but um, how do you feel like you have been pushed, encouraged by God, by other people to really buy into what God's telling you to use these giftings to say, yes, I'm in technology, but God's given me this gifting here. And, um, oh, yes. what does that look like? 
Wonderful question. It looks like this right here. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, I'm so thankful that you see me in that light because I certainly see you in that light um, mm-hmm. as a person that most days believes in me more than myself, you know, can can see me a little clearer than I see myself, can see past mm-hmm. whatever, you know, my day is like, whatever I'm going through and really focus in on what I told you, you know, I think that people praying for you is also the best thing. You've got to be around people who genuinely love you, you know, enough to let you follow your dreams. I think that I'm encouraged all the time by my close circle of friends, by my parents, um, and nothing seems unreasonable to them you know, mm-hmm. and that helps me because it always feels uh, like completely undoable to me. So when mm-hmm. I get that confirmation from my friends, even if it's as simple as like, you know, I, I see the joy you have while you're doing it, that can be indication enough that you should keep doing it. Like we deserve joy yeah. and happiness. We deserve to do things, mm-hmm. you know, 40 hours a week that make us happy. And, you know, that, that really is us giving our best selves to Mm -hmm. the world. And I think, you know, for me, it is in the writing, even though I'm not as comfortable with it today. (laughs) Uh, And I think from God, I mean, I mean, like I said, he takes so much care in my daily life. Mm -hmm. And even when I'm like in the midst of working on something else, something other than anything, but mm-hmm. you know what yeah. he's told me to do. He intentionally will give me these gentle reminders. It'll come through friends. Yeah. It'll come through, you know, a completely unexpected place, but I receive it, you know, as from, mm-hmm. as from God, I know that this is a reminder. And I think that that's probably the most supportive thing God can do or anybody in your life can do is keep you accountable to the things Mm -hmm. that you said you wanted to do. I think that it's so easy to quit. It's so easy for things not to go your way one time. It's like, oh, well, I'm not supposed to do, I guess I'm not supposed to be doing this. You know, (laughs) it's so easy, but it's harder Mm -hmm. to stay and allow yourself to grow. So I think anybody in your life, certainly God, but it's also your small circle. Mm -hmm. If they're encouraging you, holding you accountable, that's really the best gift anybody can give you. They don't have to like your stuff. They just need to, Mm -hmm. you know, encourage you to keep going. They want to see you do your best, I think. So good. Ah, what a gift this woman is. Right, everybody? (laughs) Um, So as we close out, um, I just, you know, I really was thinking this season is a lot at least for me and and maybe it is for you about learning the process of growth and and progression yes. and and not rushing to the finish line without really understanding the important steps that are ones we don't want to take or feel mm-hmm. inconvenient or disrupt our expectations and god has shown me through becoming a plant lady uh which i wholeheartedly rejected in the beginning. And then I was like, Oh, God is teaching me something through this physical representation. Um, But I just turned in my word to, to Matthew 13. And it's the parable about the sower. And I love this one the most probably because 
I love how Jesus was able to illustrate through storytelling, but then give an interpretation of here's the story and here's what it means. And it being so impactful of, oh, wow, in my human condition, I would have never seen it that way. But because I have God, because I have the mind of Christ, I'm able to see an elevated perspective that is not really my own, but it's a mm-hmm. gift. Um, So here's the word. It says, on the day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea, such large large crowds gathered around him. He got into a boat and sat down, and while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Still, other seed fell on the good ground and produced fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. Mm. And then he gives this interpretation. It says, why Jesus used parables. Then the disciples came up and asked him, why are you speaking to them in parables? He answered, because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know, but it has not been given to them. For whoever has more will be given to him and who will have more than enough. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That is why I speak to them in parables, because looking, they do not see, and hearing, they do not listen or understand. Mm. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, you will listen and listen, but never understand, and you will look and look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn back and I would heal them. Blessed are your eyes because they do see and your ears because they do hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see, but didn't see them, to hear them, to hear the things you hear, but didn't hear them. And so then he explains the parable. He says, so listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path and the one sown on rocky ground. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, but he has no root and it's short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one who's sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the one who's sown on the good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields. Some 100, some 60, some 30 times what was sown. I just love this because one, I love the word. But two, it's so good. It's like, where is our seed going? Are we really so swayed by culture where Mm -hmm. we can hear God and then doubt falls in? And as I was reading the section before the the parable being explained, I just, you know, I really feel like so many people, including you, are hearing what God has to say about what he wants you to do and you're doing it. And you have that gift of being able to 
hear with your ears and see with your eyes and understand with your heart, even if you have just a small glimpse. So I just hope that is encouraging to those listening, even just reading it. I was like, Oh, I haven't read this in a minute. That was good. good It was edifying, you know? Um, Yeah. So again, I just want to thank you for being on this episode and just sharing so much of the goodness you have within you. and, And that's, you're allowing to be shared and um, would you mind just closing us out in prayer? Yes, thank you. Lord, for myself, for Stephanie, for anyone and everyone listening, know that they have a plan. You have a plan for each and every one of their lives, that there is purpose and passion that could be found in their heart. And they only need to seek you out to find it. And if they found it, Lord, I ask that you keep them encouraged, keep close to them, keep a close eye on them, keep them accountable to be able to execute on the things that you have given them. Let them not meet doubt of any kind. And should they meet doubt or disencouragement, let you encourage them, send all of your angels and good energy to them and allow them to get through and get out to the public anything that they're creating know that anything given every good thing all their gifts have been given by you God so make sure that you encourage their heart to seek you out stay connected to you so that they can fulfill whatever you would need them to do in Jesus name amen amen hallelujah Ah, look Ooh. at God. I hope that for those of you listening, this was just exactly what you needed in the season that you're in and, and that you really walk away feeling encouraged. Even if you're walking in a season that just doesn't make sense, God still has you covered. So thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Can't wait to have you back for next week's episode. Have a good day, everyone.